is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now the radical left is trashing uh, certain members of the Supreme Court, who apparently support slavery and internment, whose names will go down in history among the worst. That is the position of Keith Ellison. Farrakhan's buddy, that is the position of a senator from Hawaii. Her name is Hirano. That is the position of little Dick Durbin of Illinois and scores of others in the Democrat Party and in Hollywood. Two big opinions today, but let's take one at a time and take our time and go through them. But before we do, as is my want... There was a book many years ago written by, oh, another book, yep, Arthur M. Schlesinger, Jr. Some people read websites, I read books. And the title is The Disuniting of America, Reflections on a Multicultural Society. Now, I referenced this book before. It was written some time ago, but that's what makes it so compelling in many respects. It was first published in 1991, Arthur M. Schlesinger, Jr., the son of Arthur Schlesinger, both fairly radical progressives. Arthur M. Schlesinger Jr. was a professor, an associate professor at Harvard. But even more, he was a very important advisor to the Kennedy family, specifically John Kennedy. John Kennedy senator and John Kennedy president. And so it's important to remember what Democrats used to say and used to think. And he pointed out a number of things that are very, very important about uh, immigration. And this, again, was the early 90s. He says, the classification of all Americans according to ethnic and racial criteria. He says, while the ethnic interpretation of American history, like the economic interpretation, is valid and illuminating up to a point, that is the ethnic classification, It is fatally misleading and wrong when presented as the whole picture. The ethnic interpretation reverses the historic theory of America as one people. The theory that has thus far managed to keep American society whole. Instead of a transformative nation with an identity all its own, America, in this new light, is seen as preservative of diverse alien identities. Instead of a nation composed of individuals making their own unhampered choices, America increasingly sees itself as composed of groups, more or less, in their ethnic character. The multi-ethnic dogma abandons historic purposes, replacing assimilation by fragmentation, integration by separatism. It belittles the unum and glorifies the pluribus. Remember, this is a liberal The historic idea of a unifying American identity is now in peril in many arenas, in our politics, our voluntary organizations, our churches, our language. 
And in no arena is the rejection of an overriding national identity more crucial than in our system of education. And he goes on. The militants of ethnicity now contend that a main objective of public education should be the protection, strengthening, celebration, and perpetuation of ethnic origins and identities. Separatism, however, nourishes prejudices, magnifies differences, and stirs antagonisms. The consequent increase in ethnic and racial conflict lies behind the hullabaloo over multiculturalism and political correctness, over the inequities of the Eurocentric curriculum, and over the notion that history and literature should be taught not as intellectual disciplines, but as therapies whose function is to raise minority self-esteem. Watching ethnic conflict tear one nation after another apart, one cannot look with complacency at proposals to divide the United States into distinct and immutable ethnic and racial communities, each taught to cherish its own apartness from the rest. One wonders... Will the center hold, or will the melting pot give way to the Tower of Babel? He says, the impact of ethnic and racial pressures on our public schools is troubling. The bonds of national cohesion are sufficiently fragile already. Public education should aim to strengthen those bonds, not to weaken them. If separateness or separatist tendencies go on unchecked, the result can be the fragmentation, resegregation, and tribalization of American life. Arthur M. Schlesinger, Jr., liberal, Democrat, advisor to the Kennedys, especially John Kennedy. Another Harvard professor, also who has passed, Samuel P. Huntington. I've talked about him before. And he wrote in his great book, Who Are We? The Challenges to America's National Identity. And he said, historically, America has been a nation of immigration and assimilation. And assimilation has meant Americanization. Now, however, immigrants are different. The institutions and processes related to assimilation are different. And most importantly, America is different. The great American success story may face an uncertain future. Assimilation of current immigrants is likely to be slower, less complete, and different from the assimilation of earlier immigrants. Assimilation no longer necessarily means Americanization. I'm afraid he's right. And he wrote this book over a decade ago. And it is a, a fabulous book as well. He said, until the late 19th century... Those who chose to cross the Atlantic usually had to undergo long waits at embarkation ports, voyages of more than a month, often incredibly crowded and unsanitary conditions aboard ship. Up to 17% of those who left Europe died on the crossing. Steamships made the passage shorter, safer, more predictable. But immigrants still had to risk the possibility that they would be among the 15% or so who were turned back at Ellis Island. And I point this out because there was a host on CBS Morning Show who, uh, who said the uh, Statue of Liberty, that she must be crying, Lady Liberty. No, Lady Liberty turned back 15% of those who got to Lady Liberty. Those who chose to cross the Atlantic had to have the energy, ambition, initiative, and willingness to take risks, to confront uncertainty and the unknown, 
to suffer the substantial emotional, fiscal, and physical costs of difficult travel and to attempt to establish a better light for themselves in a far-off land about which they had little reliable information. The vast majority of the people in their societies who did not migrate either lacked these qualities or turned their talents and energies to other goals. And he explains more, of course. But he points out, and he cites Arthur Schlesinger Jr., that these immigrants, quote, yearned to become Americans. Their goals were escape, deliverance, and assimilation. And he points out there's a lot less of that today. And there is a lot less of that today. And we have politicians today who reject everything I just read to you. Because they, in many cases, are products of balkanization. They believe the future of the Democrat Party is tribalism and balkanization. The cobbling together of minority groups, whether it be ethnic, religious, racial, whatever it is. And that has become what we call the Democrat Party. Not a united America, a balkanized, tribalized America. And this is why they take the position that they do. And so they're trashing the Supreme Court, trashing Supreme Court justices. Now, look, that's okay. But they're the ones. They're the ones who have been horrified when people criticize the court system because they've controlled it for so long. Now, when we return these, this decision by the Supreme Court upheld the final executive order of the President of the United States. Most of those lower court judges in the Ninth Circuit were reversed by the Supreme Court today. Donald Trump was right. Donald Trump's lawyers were right. Donald Trump was right about the Constitution. Donald Trump was right about statutory law. Donald Trump was right about the power of the presidency when it comes to immigration. And the delegation of authority from Congress to the president. Plenary power. And he exercised that power constitutionally. He exercised that power within statutory law. And for months, he was chastised. For months, he was attacked. So were his lawyers. And I am certain that none of these so-called media outlets, that is the pseudo-media, were print corrections or give vocal corrections for the way they treated him and his lawyers and his administration who were, in fact, upholding the rule of law and the Constitution. The problem is, of course, as we've talked about at length, the pseudo-media is just that. It is, the, it is progressives dressed up as reporters. I'll be right back. Mark The court ruled in the immigration case, as we suspected it would or should anyway, that the president had the authority to identify certain countries from which we would not accept refugees or immigrants for a period of time uh, because these uh, countries had uh, dysfunctional governments. Some of them were at war with themselves, had civil wars taking place. Others had no competent ability 
to determine what individual was doing what. Uh, and, of course, that would uh, make it almost impossible for our own immigration services to determine who these people were and what their backgrounds were. And as for predominantly Muslim countries, the Muslim countries with the largest Muslim populations weren't even on the list. We've talked about this before. Left out 92% of the world's Muslims. 92%. So the court said even even facially, uh, there's no racism or discrimination per se in this executive order. And all these arguments about Donald Trump's comments during the campaign and tweets, the court said, have absolutely no relationship whatsoever to the executive order. None. Um, And uh, the banning of Syrian migration, that was okay under the circumstances, the court said. And so... uh, Also, the president was delegated authority by Congress, plenary authority, to act in this area of immigration. And so the concern by the majority in the case, the the majority decision was written by the Chief Justice Roberts, but there was an excellent uh, concurring decision, of course, by Thomas, who writes beautifully and and brilliantly. They also said, uh, you know, what, what is the the courts? What is the court going to do now? oversee every instance in which a president makes a decision about immigration, and how is the court qualified to do that? Military decisions, uh, geopolitical decisions, national security decisions, economic decisions. The, uh, the court, the, the lawyers on the court, are not qualified. They're not capable to make these decisions in lieu of a president of the United States, nor do they have the authority to do so. Now, the minority on the court went nuts. They went full Maxine Waters. Full Maxine Waters. Now, Sotomayor wrote that this was akin to Japanese internment. How is this akin to Japanese internment when these people aren't even in the country yet? This extra-constitutional, extra-territorial conference of rights on people who don't even live in the country and haven't even set foot in the country yet is insane. And to compare it to Japanese internment camps, there's no internment taking place. None. I've never been impressed with Sotomayor. I told you when she was nominated, she's a left-wing radical, that her opinions as a circuit judge were quite weak, and they continue to be. She's a politician on the Supreme Court. That's what she is. Just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg is an ACLU general counsel on the Supreme Court, and she never fails to demonstrate it. She threw in with this idea that, yes, this was racially motivated and, you know, and it's discriminatory and so forth and so on. The facts don't matter. The facts don't matter. Even though 92% of Muslims in various countries and so forth aren't even covered by the executive order. They're not even covered because those countries aren't covered. doesn't matter. And so you get reactions from uh, people like Keith Ellison, the deputy chairman, or at least he was, of the DNC. Long, hateful record of bigotry, in my view, against Jews. Long. 
and uh, his association with Farrakhan, which he attempts to dumb down now. But here's what he said on CNN today. Cut to go. This our country uh, has gone through some ugly days. I mean, the Supreme Court in the 1850s said that it was okay to own a, a black person. That was the Dred Scott decision. That decision hit the dustbin of history. So did Plessy versus Ferguson. So did Korematsu. And this one will, too. I'm telling you, discrimination and racism and hatred and religious bigotry is never going to be uh, winning in the end. So let's stop here for now. Dred Scott was a decision. Uh, Taney was a racist. He was from South Carolina. He was a well-known Democrat uh, that upheld slavery effectively and treated slaves as property and said they didn't even have standing to bring the case in the first place. Dred Scott did. What does this have to do with anything? Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal is equal. That was at the end of the uh, 19th century. What does that have to do with the policy that Trump put in place? Korematsu, the Japanese internment case, what does that have to do with the order Trump put in place. In fact, the order Trump put in place was very similar, almost identical to an order that Barack Obama had put in place. But of course, Obama, again, escaped scrutiny by the ilk and the likes of a Keith Ellison. I've got more. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Show the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877 381 3811. So the Supreme Court did nothing exceptional, although today it is exceptional to hold up the Constitution. But the left, which hates the Constitution, claims the Supreme Court's wrong about the Constitution because they don't agree with what the Supreme Court did. Here's Keith Ellison again. Cut to CNN today. Go. This Our country uh, has gone through some ugly days. I mean, the Supreme Court in the 1850s said that it was okay to own a, a black person. That was the Dred Scott decision. That decision hit the dustbin of history. So did Plessy versus Ferguson. So did Korematsu. And this one will, too. I'm telling you, discrimination and racism and hatred and religious bigotry is never going to be uh, winning in the end. They're saying that it is squarely, whether you like it or not, essentially, is what they're saying. It is squarely within the president's authority. And you saying what? 
It is not within the president's authority to discriminate on the basis of religion. Now, let's stop. First of all, he didn't discriminate on the basis of religion. Once again, 92% of the Muslims on the planet were not covered by the president's executive order. Number two, let's make up a religion. If there's a religion called, uh, what should we call it? Let's call it the green team. The green team, just for argument's sake. And I'm not talking about Muslims or Jews or Christians or Buddhists, just the green team. And if it turns out the green team is responsible for the vast majority of terrorism or whatever in the world, then in fact I would argue the president could say nobody from the green team can come into the country. Not while we're in a state of war, not while we're under attack, so forth and so on. But this president didn't do that, did he? He specifically left off the list the largest Muslim-majority countries. So what is it that Keith Ellison is doing and saying? Keith Ellison is a race-baiter, and I would argue a bigot, long-standing, using Farrakhan-like propaganda. More and more, more and more, these are the talking points of the left. More and more, these are the talking points of the Democrat Party. They won't debate the actual substance of what the Supreme Court did. They won't discuss the actual decision. Instead, they have to racialize it. Racialize it. There is no discrimination here. No discrimination here. None whatsoever. Go ahead. It is simply isn't. And the fact that he uh, slapped a few... Um, uh, language, uh, pieces of language on there and threw in a few other countries af- as an afterthought doesn't correct the fundamental and original flaw. Say this, he threw in a few other countries as an afterthought. That's not what happened. He didn't throw in a few other countries as an afterthought. He dropped one country. He dropped one country. The Democrat Party needs hate, needs race needs all the hottest of hot-button issues to get out its vote, to cobble together a majority from various balkanized minorities. Don't blame me. This is what the Democrat Party has become, and this is what the Democrat Party is doing to our country. And I might say, the fact that CNN takes this Keith Ellison with his well-known, long public record of hate and bigotry, and pushes him out there to comment on the Supreme Court, is really incredible. It's incredible. But look at who CNN embraces. Look at who the Democrats embraced as their deputy chairman, almost the chairman of the DNC. Go ahead. Said in one of his opening statements in his campaign, he wanted a complete and total ban on Muslim entry into the country. But that's not what he did in the executive order. Is it? Keith Ellison, further on CNN today, targeting Justice Gorsuch. Cut three, go. I say that a gloating braggart uh, is 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 not going to win at the end of the day. I say that, you know... That, by, you know by the way, they say Trump won, which is true technically, but the American people won. This decision was a decision for the American people, American sovereignty, 
American safety and national security. It was a great decision for the country, which is why Ellison and his ilk in the Democrat Party and on the left hate it and are in the smear attack mode. Go ahead. He has his uh, Supreme Court tailor-made to his ugly philosophy, uh, this partisan court. So, so the Supreme Court is tailor-made to Trump's ugly philosophy. So now they are trying to smear the Supreme Court as racist. Now just think about this. Over the last few days, they've been full guttural attacks on Trump, the people around Trump, all of you who supported and voted for Trump, now Supreme Court justices who upheld the Constitution, all racists. All racists. Go ahead really should not be on the Supreme Court. In my view, he's, he, may, he may be there, but he's not there properly. So Gorsuch is not on the court properly now. Hillary Clinton the other day trashing the Electoral College. The Electoral College is a throwback. Got to get rid of it. Gorsuch isn't on the Supreme Court legitimately. Secretary Nielsen over at DHS, she needs to resign for upholding the immigration laws. These people are uh, anarchists and Marxists. I'm telling you. This is who they are. Go ahead. You know, you know, he, you, know you can do that. I mean, in this, you know, you can, you can jam in a Supreme Court by denying a sitting president their right to appoint this Supreme Court justice. That is exactly what happened. And Gorsuch has just done what his paymasters sent him there to do. And, and paymasters. Oh, that's an interesting term. Paymasters? So Gorsuch is on the payroll of somebody? Paymasters? Mr. Ellison is a clown. He's a buffoon. He's a bigot. He's a demagogue. And Mr. Ellison, you are more than welcome on this program to debate me. Mr. Producer, I'm not kidding. You reach out to Mr. Ellison and tell him, come on the program. Let's have a discussion about this decision by the Supreme Court. Not a... uh, a kiss, uh, a kiss up interview by CNN. Come on a real show, or you'll be questioned. Go ahead. So it's 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 a shame, uh, but uh, you know, but I just know and have deep faith that the best impulses of this country are about liberty, are about equality, are about religion. You are you are a thoroughly skewed, screwed up man. Thoroughly screwed up. Talk about liberty. And equality, you wouldn't know it. It punched you in the nose. Then we have Senator Maisie Hirono, who I've come to really detest. She's another race baiter. She's from Hawaii. And here's what she had to say about the Supreme Court upholding the Constitution and the president's authority when it comes to immigration. By the way, notice they never attacked the Supreme Court when it empowered Obama respecting immigration. But here she goes. Cut four. Go. The president can pretty much do whatever he wants to discriminate against groups of people uh, and say this is for national security. Is that what the court ruled? That the president can discriminate against groups of people and just say it's for national security? Did she read the opinion? Or is she just spewing her hate and propaganda? It's the latter. 
That's not what the court said. It's not what the president did. Go ahead. Ignored all of the comments that the president had made that he had every intention of banning Muslims from our country. But he hasn't banned Muslims from our country. For the third time. 92% of the Muslims on the planet were unaffected by the president's executive order. The countries that were affected, that were majority Muslim, are countries in name only. They have civil wars. They have destroyed the civil society such as they were. Uh, they don't have the capacity to track down their citizens. It's almost impossible for us to know who's coming here. You know, I've often thought of writing a... I better not say this. Think about this. What if our country really was ruled by Keith Ellison and Maisie Hirono? Just look at immigration. People from war-torn countries, from countries that spread terrorism, where we cannot properly vet them, would be free to come into this country. Adults who bring children into this country, whether they're their own children or not, will be free to enter the country without detention. Just think about this. 20, 30 million people who are here illegally would be granted citizenship. I mean, if you really go down the list of what the Democrats believe in and where they stand, you think about this, what this country would be. Go ahead. So there are no checks and balances. And in fact, if the court is saying, if you don't like our interpretation of the Immigration and Nationality Act, then you, Congress, should fix it. But do you think this Congress is going to fix it? Well, this Congress isn't going to fix it the way you want to. But it's not the court's job to to regurgitate what you, a radical left-wing kook, demand of the country. That's not the court's job. Court's in this case, at least, trying to uphold the Constitution, something you refuse to do. Go ahead. Pass comprehensive immigration reform out of the House. So where are the checks and balances? Not to mention, all you have to do is look at the picture that was tweeted out by Mitch McConnell, showing him shaking uh, Justice Gorsuch's hand. Gorsuch gave this What? Court. Shaking Justice Gorsuch's hand? And that's evidence of what? Senator Hirono? Go ahead. Is the vote necessary for this decision? And I say, who's going to be next? Is the president going to issue an executive order against Mexicans? Is he going to issue executive orders against people coming uh, Here from- we go with the hysteria and the fear-mongering. The hysteria and the fear-mongering. Go ahead. Guatemala? What's next? And this is the concern that I had raised when this case was first heard. I said this is such an anti-immigrant president. It's a court... Anti-immigrant president? He's proposing legalizing 1.8 million people who came here before 2007 as children. Obama's DACA covers seven to 800,000 people. Obama never suggested legalizing permanently and sending them on a path to citizenship to seven to 800,000. And Trump jumps out of the box very wrongly, in my view, and proposes that 1.8 million, including those who didn't sign up as DACA, would receive eventually citizenship. Now, does that sound like an anti-immigrant president to you? Or was Obama the anti-immigrant president? Go ahead. 
go behind the bald-faced assertion of executive uh, powers, then who's going to be next? And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the uh, case, Korematsu case, and uh, the decision to intern 120,000 Japanese Americans on the basis of national security, I think it's an apt analogy. And how is it an apt analogy? It was Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent. How is that an apt analogy? These are people who were in the country as citizens and others who were here legally. We're talking about people who haven't even come into the country yet. This is the second one to bring this up. Is she a complete and utter buffoon? Or is she a complete and utter propagandist? She's a propagandist. So they throw around Japanese internment. Anytime you want to enforce the rule of law, whether it's the Constitution or a specific immigration statute. It's like the Japanese internment. But as I said before, the Democrats are experts on Japanese internment since they did it. Since they did it. And their party's expert on slavery since their party defended it during the Civil War. And their party is expert on segregation and Jim Crow laws since their party instituted it. We don't need any lectures from these people. The Supreme Court upheld the Constitution. Barely. Five to four decision. One justice going the other way. All of a sudden, our historic precedent, when it comes to the authority of the federal government to determine who can and cannot come here, would have been turned on its head. They are furious that they do not control the presidency, and they are furious that they didn't get a fifth vote for their radical position. But make no mistake about it. The Constitution was upheld today. Muslims were not discriminated against. Meanwhile, the Democrats go off on their allegations of racism against Trump, against the people around Trump, against the tens of millions of people who voted for Trump. And now, the paymasters on the Supreme Court Racists all, you know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know by now that you and your entire family, credit history is everything, can fall victim to identity theft at any moment. Every time you use your credit card or even open an email, techno thieves are after you. So, have you taken measures yet to protect your most valuable asset, your identity? I wouldn't wait another second. Let my ID care start protecting you right now. Identity theft is serious and it's complicated stuff. For instance, if you listen to the show, you've now heard of synthetic ID theft. It's when thieves take pieces of personal information from various people and create a fake persona. Now, my ID care covers you for even this sophisticated kind of scam. Look, no one can protect you 100%, but my ID care offers best-in-class protection. There's none better. And they give you a 100% identity recovery guarantee if you do fall victim or your money back. I'm not aware that anybody else does that. So let my ID care take care of you, just like they take care of me and my family. 
Credit freezes alone won't protect you from all nine types of identity theft, but my ID care will. So when we were looking for a sponsor, we said, let's really step it up and get the best. The sponsor that used to cover only large corporations and now will cover my audience. And that's my ID care. Learn more and get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. Myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. Now, let me add this. There was a period of time when my parents were really the targets of these identity theft scoundrels. And their phones would ring all the time and so forth and so on. And so I stepped in and I decided to protect them with my ID care. And you can do that for your parents too. MyIDCare.com slash mark promo code mark. It is an absolutely necessary service in these times of endless hackers, foreign and domestic as far as I'm concerned. You see these major corporations that get hit? You see our country gets hit, the Office of Personnel Management, the White House, and so forth and so on. If you don't have any defense at all, well, then you're open to this. But get the best defense that's out there right now. MyIDCare.com slash mark promo code mark. Lots more to get to. There's another decision out of the Supreme Court, plus Harley Davidson. What do you think about that? What am I talking about? I'll explain it when we return. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Second Supreme Court decision uh, that merits discussion here today. Rules in favor pro-life crisis pregnancy centers and fight over California law. This is a free speech case. And the left, while claiming to care about free speech, does not. 
Fox reported the Supreme Court ruled in favor of pro-life crisis pregnancy centers in California. They counsel pregnant women to make choices other than abortion, invalidating California law requiring these centers to prominently post information on how to obtain a state-funded abortion. So you have a pro-life crisis pregnancy center, many of them with religious affiliations. I'm sure Keith Ellison is concerned about this, as well as Maisie Hirono. I mean, we don't want, you know, Dred Scott, and we don't want Japanese internment camps. Uh, and uh, so they invalidated this California law that required these centers to post prominently information on how to obtain a state-funded abortion. So imagine, you're a, uh, a church, you have a facility, you're inviting women to come into your facility to preach the gospel to them about life, about children, uh, and uh, about pregnancy. And you're required to hang a sign that the government of California dictates telling them where they can get a state-funded abortion. 800 number and so forth and so on. And some of these centers said, no, we're not going to do that. We can't be compelled to deliver speech that we reject. The court in a five to four ruling, five to four, just like the immigration decision, said the state law likely violates the First Amendment. And it cast similar doubts on laws in Hawaii and Illinois. The state regulations targeting centers that provide counseling-related services with the goal of helping women make choices other than abortion demanded such centers prominently post information on how to obtain abortions and contraceptives. The state law also required unlicensed, non-medical facilities to inform clients that they're not licensed medical providers. If pregnancy centers fail to comply with the law, they're fined $500 for a first offense and $1,000 for each subsequent offense, according to California law. So pro-life groups challenged the regulations, arguing that they violated their free speech rights under the First Amendment. Supporters of the law said it was necessary, since many women were unaware of the options available to them. Really, name one. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals rejected both arguments and upheld the law, of course, arguing that the state could regulate professional free speech and the law protects public health interests. The Supreme Court reversed the judgment, just five to four. Justice Clarence Thomas said in his majority opinion, California cannot co-opt the licensed facilities to deliver its message for it. He also called the regulations for unlicensed facilities unjustified and unduly burdensome. And he was joined by other justices. This article says they're conservative justices, not necessarily. John Roberts, Anthony Kennedy, Sam Alito, and Neil Gorsuch. Descending, of course, the leftists, Breyer, Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Kagan. Now, Breyer, in the dissent, said among the reasons the law should be upheld is that the high court has previously upheld state laws requiring doctors to tell women seeking abortions about adoption services. Now, why is that different, ladies and gentlemen? 
you're, most of you aren't lawyers. None of you are on the Supreme Court. Why is that different? Why is that parallel preposterous? Why is it different when you have state laws requiring doctors to tell women seeking abortions about adoption services? Because there's no religious element in that whatsoever. None. There's no faith issue here. And none is alleged, and none is even mentioned by Breyer. Breyer says, after all, the law must be even-handed, whatever that means. Keith Theriot, senior counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom, which represented the plaintiffs, told Fox that free speech won the day, and he's right. California used its power to force pro-life pregnancy centers to provide free advertising for abortion. In stopping enforcement of the law, the Supreme Court said the people lose when the government is the one deciding which ideas should prevail. Now, look at these two decisions if the left had their way. People of faith with certain beliefs would have almost no rights whether it's the bakery situation or the florist situation, whether it's this situation with the signage that California is compelling or tried to, promoting state-funded abortions, and they consider this a liberty issue and an equality issue. It is perverse. If you read Rediscovering Americanism and the tyranny and the tyranny of progressivism, you'll understand the whole thing what this word liberty means to the left versus the rest of us. And I may go through that again tomorrow, if I remember. For them, individual liberty is not liberty. It's defiance. In order to get to the promised land, if you will, liberty is only achievable to its maximum extent through the communal through the government people making decisions for you so this was a close call five to four and I'm telling you when there's another vacancy on the Supreme Court we are going to have a hell of a battle on our hands we are and we're going to have to fight like hell to make sure that an originalist is appointed to the court not appointed confirmed I feel quite comfortable that the president will nominate a solid person from his list and he's been very very good on this subject of judges very good but can you believe this and remember when it came to Obamacare and the performance of abortions (laughs) and you even had a little group of nuns that didn't want to participate in effectively funding that kind of activity and the left tried to crush them the Obama administration tried to crush them they have no tolerance they don't believe in the Bill of Rights on the left freedom equality really quite outrageous I thought about what took place with Sanders Huckabee Sanders Sarah Huckabee Sanders and what took place with Nielsen, both at these restaurants. I think the phrase that best encapsulates 
the ideology of those who participate in these kinds of uh, untoward acts and those who defend them in the media. I think, I think the phrase that best encapsulates this is ideological segregation. Ideological segregation. Because the radical progressives, whether they be in the media, whether they be leaders of the Democrat Party, whether they be in academia or Hollywood, have absolutely zero tolerance for different viewpoints. They either try to destroy the reputations of the individuals with whom they disagree, harass them, victimize them, or dismiss them as racists, xenophobes, homophobes, or what have you. And so they either want a society of groupthink, their groupthink, or a society that is divided ideologically, where you can't even go to a restaurant if the restaurateur has a different view than you. I think that ideological segregation pretty much encapsulates it. I'll be right back. Lovin. Throwbacks, Steve Schmidt, the former Republican who worked for McCain, Trump hater, conservative hater, really uh, a political uh, insane individual. He's on the morning schmo MSLSD, and that's why they have him there. He is a court jester. And uh, I want you to listen to this, that the U.S. is now worse than Venezuela and Cuba. Cut seven, go. The extraordinary and astounding hypocrisy of it to see the constancy of the assertion of Christian virtue by political leaders in this country who have established internment camps for babies and toddlers. See, now this is a sick man. Truly a sick man. In my humble opinion. Who despises his own country. As I explained the other day, people who actually make the case that we have concentration camps and internment camps in this country are America haters. We do not have either. We had internment camps under FDR and the Democrats. We do not have internment camps today. Go ahead. And I never in a million years thought I would sit here or anywhere and say this. But the difference now between Venezuela and Cuba and the United States is this. Venezuela and Cuba are the countries without internment camps for babies and toddlers. You jerk. You complete clown. Well, then go the hell to Cuba and Venezuela and check it out. You stupid, lazy moron. Two Marxist dictatorships slaughter their own people. Starve their own people. Have gulags. Prison systems for political opponents. This is not an attack on our country. It's an attack on you, the American people. That we have internment camps for babies, which makes us different from Venezuela and Cuba, worse than Venezuela and Cuba. Is this guy mentally ill? And they put him on MSNBC? Absolutely unbelievable. 
They are so over the top, these fools. These low IQ clowns on TV. Absolute fools. To say something like this. The Steve Schmidt. And there he is. Unchallenged. On MSNBC. Trashing his own country. We have men and women in uniform putting their lives on the line to defend this magnificent country. And have. And this slob sits there in an air-conditioned studio in the middle of the summer with makeup on his face in a green room where they're feeding him grapes and strawberries and donuts and comes out and makes a comment like this? People suffering, truly suffering in Venezuela and Cuba to make statements like this about his own country because he hates Trump? I have had it with these fools. And there's so many of them, you can't even keep count of them anymore. They make the most insane, asinine comments. Hitler, do they know who Hitler was? Do they know what Hitler did? Japanese internment camps, do they know about the Japanese internment camps? Do they know about the concentration camps? To make these statements. To say that. The difference between Venezuela and Cuba and the United States is that we have internment camps for babies and toddlers? This jackass think of that while he was having a a five-course meal last night? Shoving food in his fat face? People get mad when I raise my voice and I'm passionate. Don't get mad. There's a reason for this. You cannot address this cerebrally. You cannot address this. With any level of intellectualism. It doesn't work. They're down and dirty. And I mean dirty. Incredible. Absolutely incredible to talk about this country this way because you hate the president so much. Steve Schmidt. What a slob. Absolute slob. Now, listen to this Kamala Harris who wants to be your next president. Cut eight. Go. Listen, I think there's no question that we've got to critically reexamine ICE and its role and the way that it is being administered and the work it is doing. And we need See, to- they hate law enforcement. They tell you that you and I are attacking the FBI. We're not attacking the FBI. We're attacking the, the bad cops who've been at the top of the FBI. But they hate the FBI, truth be told. They hate the DEA. They hate the Marshal Service. They hate the prison service. They hate the state troopers. They hate the local cops. They hate ICE, which is the second biggest federal law enforcement branch that we have. We have to re-examine that. Not re-examine illegal aliens and their conduct. Parents who send their kids here without adult supervision. No, no, no. Don't re-examine the countries from which they are running And don't call them asshole countries because, by God, they're wonderful countries that these people are escaping from. Don't re-examine open borders. Don't re-examine the number of people coming here who wish us ill and who commit assaults and battery and all kinds of damn things. No, no. Everybody's a dreamer and everybody's noble who comes into this country. It's the citizenry that's filled with Hitler types. The citizenry that's filled with racists. Everybody who comes here is well-meaning and really cool. 
I think we need to uh, re-examine ICE. It's a woman who's been in the Senate, what, two years? Everything she does is ideologically driven. Everything she does is based on feeding the radical kook base of the Democrat Party in order so she, she thinks, could be nominated for President of the United States. Given her extraordinary background and experience and obvious great intelligence, I think we need to re-examine ICE. Go ahead. Think about starting from scratch because um, there's a lot that is wrong with the way that it's conducting itself, and we need to deal with that. Starting from scratch, ICE, trying to protect us, these brave men and women. We need to start from scratch. You know what we need to start from scratch with the United States Senate? I don't even understand why we have a Senate. Mark, you're the great originalist. Let me tell you something. I understood why we had the great compromise uh, with, the, with the two houses, uh, two chambers in Congress and so forth and so on. The Senate, which had as its purpose to represent the states, the states would send members or elect members uh, that would go into the Senate to represent the states. We don't have that anymore. What the hell is the purpose of the Senate? Can somebody please tell me? doesn't represent the states. Instead, you get bigger and bigger clowns in the United States Senate. Can I call Kamala Harris a clown? I mean, they're calling Trump a Hitler. Clown's not Hitler, is it, Mr. Producer? Can I call her a clown? I'm just curious. Clown. I'll be right back. Your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Well, I want to thank George Norrie, who was one of the uh, nominees for the Hall of Fame. Uh, I just noticed here, I'm told, that he congratulated me. I think he's the only one. And I want to thank him for being a class act. And uh, hopefully next year, George, seriously... You'll, uh, you'll be nominated again, and you'll come in. That would be a wonderful thing. Um, let's see here. CRTV. I know a little something about CRTV, because I helped found it. And I want to let all the fans of Levin TV out there know about a special offer we have going on right now. We wanted to make it a little bit easier for all of our subscribers and our biggest fans to get the best pricing possible on Levin TV and the rest of the CRTV network. So we came up with our best offer yet. Now you can get a three-year subscription to CRTV, only 199 bucks. You know what that is? That's $5.53 a month. That's cheaper than a Big Mac combo for the whole month. Now, if you've been a fan of Levin TV for a while now, you know we're in this for the long haul, and we hope you will be too. There's no other place online where you'll get the truth unfiltered and uncensored with our wonderful, wonderful group of hosts on our network, which is CRTV. CRTV, Conservative Review TV. We make no apologies. Give us a call right now at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Mention this ad, and you'll get three years of CRTV, three years. That amounts to $5.53 a month. You'll set it up very quickly and easily. They'll walk you through it. 
They'll ask you, what devices do you have? What device would you like to use? And boom, they'll show you how to do it. And you'll be ready to watch in five minutes. So give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV. We'll get you set up right away. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. We have a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, substantive information. Those of you who get it, you know what we're talking about. Those of you who haven't gotten it, you've heard us talk about it. You can check it out. So give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, and we'll set you up right away. And we're there now. Our folks are there now. All right, now I'm going to get to a subject that upsets a lot of you. Why, I don't know. I covered it Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News channel. We had lots of people commenting on my social sites saying, I'm never watching again. And you know what? We had blockbuster ratings. Look, people want to learn. doesn't mean in the end we agree on everything, but people want to learn. That's what I try and do behind this microphone. That's what I try and do with my books. That's what I try and do with Levin TV and now Life, Liberty, and Levin. One day I won't be here. One day I won't be doing this. I'll either be retired or hit by a bus. You never know. But I'm keeping quite a hectic pace. And I'm not doing this just to be a pom-pom boy or a pom-pom girl. I'm not doing this to be a rocket. I'm doing this because I want to get the word out there about liberty, even when I might be in the minority. And I may well be in the minority when it comes to trade. Trade, for some reason, the issue of trade is complicated to a lot of people, and it's unpopular. And yet, the reason we have such robust trade is because of you. Free trade, one of the greatest blessings which a government can confer on a people, is in almost every country unpopular. Thomas Babington Macaulay, 1824. In a book by Dr. Douglas Irwin, Free Trade Under Fire. Another book that told you what I do. Some people have other hobbies. You know, they smoke pot. They drink. They do this. They, I read and read and read and read. And by the way, not just books that I might agree with. But I read all kinds of books on progressivism by progressives. I want to hit a couple of these because the president is pounding away at a private company called Harley-Davidson. I'm starting to think that maybe what we ought to do is set up a special office in the White House where any time a company wants to invest overseas or any time a company wants to increase its prices or any time a company wants to lay off somebody, they have to get permission from the White House. Now, protectionism. Trade interventions are usually misguided and often costly. Tariffs and quotas on imports, redistrib- listen to this, redistribute income from consumers to producers. From you to a producer. And trade barriers reduce exports and harm downstream user industries. Like Harley Davidson. But Harley was going to do it anyway. I'll get to that in a minute. Because now we're all supposed to hate Harley Davidson. Why do I hate Harley Davidson? Now, particularly you guys and gals who ride these wonderful motorcycles, you're supposed to hate the company now. Because that's what the president has told you to do. And he says he may text them like never before. 
can a president just tax a company like never before if he disagrees with the company? Is this what we want out of our government or any president for that matter? I told you I love Trump, but there's areas where I disagree with him. This happens to be the biggest one. Now, jobs will be saved in industries that compete against imports. Reducing trade saves those jobs only by destroying jobs elsewhere in the economy. Opponents of free trade have also argued that imports have replaced good high-wage jobs with bad low-wage jobs. That's not what the statistics show. The truth turns out to be quite the opposite. Jobs and industries that compete against imports are mainly low-skill and consequently low-wage jobs. I saw one uh, contributor on Fox not too long ago say, well, you know, Ronald Reagan, he put tariffs on all motorcycles except Harley-Davidson because Harley-Davidson was going under and he wanted to protect it. And he did. And he did that two or three times during the course of his presidency. And he was wrong. But the vast majority of the time during the course of his presidency, he was fighting for freer trade. And that same pundit didn't mention that he actually vetoed a bill that came out of Congress that was a heavy tariffs protectionist bill, and he had also given numerous veto warnings to the Democrats in Congress that if they passed such bills, he would veto them. So Trump was not a big protectionist, excuse me, Reagan was not a big protectionist. He was not a big tariff guy, even though he did it in a relative few uh, instances. In fact, NAFTA was Reagan's idea. Hello, NAFTA was Reagan's idea. And it was an agreement signed by Bill Clinton, but Reagan believed in it so strongly, he even wrote an op-ed, which appeared in the Wall Street Journal supporting it. So let's not pretend Reagan was some big tariff slash protectionist. The protectionists, the Republican protectionists, are very schizophrenic about Reagan. On the one hand, they say, hey, look, he was a big tariff guy. On the other hand, they say, forget about Reagan. And yet he created more jobs than any modern president, in fact, than any president in American history. His economy, the explosion of the economy under Reagan, that's the proper way to put it, created almost 25 million jobs through his presidency, through George H.W. Bush's presidency, well into Bill Clinton's presidency. We had never seen an explosion of economic growth like that since the Industrial Revolution. He had the greatest tax cuts in American history. I'm a big fan of President Trump. He says his were. He's wrong. Reagan lowered the top rate from 90% to 27%. Three rates, just three. Those are on the individual side, where the president's tax cuts didn't do a whole lot, quite frankly. On the corporate side, the president's tax cuts did a lot. That is President Trump, as did Reagan. Reagan slashed corporate income taxes, but he slashed individual income taxes across the board. There was no talk like we heard from Speaker Paul Ryan about the rich and the do this to the rich and the that to the rich. None of the class warfare that you hear from the the phony free market slash private property rights Republicans today. He didn't buy into that. Now, here's what the president said. I can't play it all, but in part, about Harley-Davidson that said, hey, look, 
we can't really handle this going forward. We got uh, it's going to cost us a hundred million dollars. We're in a shaky position as it is. You got tariffs on steel and aluminum, which cost us a great deal of money. Now the EU, where we're trying to sell and are selling more and more of our uh, our motorcycles into Europe. Um, now they're putting tariffs on us, and the way around it is to expand production overseas. That way we're not hit by either tariff. Now, you, you understand that the, the, the people who run Harley-Davidson have a fiduciary obligation to their investors, which include many middle-class people who own mutual funds or 401ks or IRAs that invest in stocks, which may include Harley-Davidson. They're not in business to go out of business any more than Donald Trump was when he was a builder, or anybody else for that matter. That doesn't serve anybody's purpose. And so they see this coming, and so they say, this is what we're going to have to do. And so the president unloads on them today. Cut 10, go. On trade, uh, there are some people who are saying that your, your tariff threats threaten to plunge the economy into a recession. Harley-Davidson announced that it's moving a plant to Thailand. You've been very Harley critical Davidson about that. Harley-Davidson was going to do that. They announced it early this year. So Harley-Davidson is using that as an excuse. And I don't like that because I've been very good to Harley-Davidson. Now they- stop. See, I don't, I don't like this talk. I've been very good to Harley-Davidson, and I'm going to tax Harley-Davidson, and I'm going to do that. You're the president. You don't have the power to pick on a business like that. You simply do not. I don't care who the president is. Go ahead. Excuse that. I think the people that ride Harleys are not happy with Harley Davidson. And I, I don't know. The people I see riding Harleys are very happy with Harley Davidson. They love those motorcycles. Go ahead. Uh, but mostly companies are coming back to our country. Uh, I was the one that explained to Harley about 100% tax in India where they had a tariff of 100%, and I got it down to a much lower number. I think it's 50%, which is far too much, but they were paying 100% tariff. Now uh, Prime Minister Modi brought it way down. Well, that's fine. That's India, but that's not Europe. That's not Asia. That's not 190 other countries. You know, when you run a company, you're not a politician. When you run a company, you're not trying to deal with this from an ideological point of view. You have a responsibility not only to be profitable, but to make sure your company doesn't go under. And if these tariffs, both from the EU and the United States, are going to cost the company $100 million and they're in a precarious position to begin with, you have to do something about it. You have to do something about it. And nobody knows better how to run Harley-Davidson than the people who run Harley-Davidson. Politicians, people in the White House, ideologues, they don't know how to run Harley-Davidson. It's only rational to try and reduce your costs, right? To make a profit and cover your payroll and pay your investors. That's what a private concern does. It's only rational that when you tax Things in our country at such a high rate, 25% on steel. A tariff on steel is a tax on the American people. I don't have any more times I have to say this. It's a tax on the American consumer. It's a tax on other blue-collar workers who work on assembly lines, who are downstream from the raw materials. It has consequences. It has had consequences every time it's been done. And for some reason, Republicans like this. Herbert Hoover. 
Herbert Hoover was a big demagogue when it came to tariffs. Herbert Hoover turned a recession into a depression, in part due to protectionism and tariffs. The rest of the world responded. He put massive tariffs in place. He said that uh, it's not fair. Same, same language. He wants fair trade, that our workers are being ripped off, that we can't compete because our, our wages are higher than other countries. He put these big tariffs in place. And so they all put tariffs in place. And over a period of about 24 months, it went from a, a recession to a depression. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have a depression, but I am saying if this keeps up, we will have a recession. What about China? If you listen to this program, you know I make an exception for national security. China isn't even unfair when it comes to trade. China steals from us. So all bets are off when that happens. They steal our technology. They steal our military know-how. That's different. I don't believe Canada is doing that. I'll be right back. in. Would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail against what you believe in? For instance, for a government-run health care system like Obamacare, how about an organization that scripted portions of White House speeches behind closed doors to ensure the passage of Obamacare? Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? Would you join that organization? No? Did you know that organization is the AARP? You know, there's another organization that shares your values, and they have outstanding discounts and benefits, too. It's called AMAC. It's the conservative alternative. AMAC is a wonderful organization. It was founded by a gentleman who was sick and tired of what the AARP was doing. And he said, you know what? We can offer benefits and discounts just as good as the AARP without advancing their liberal agenda. I am a member of AMAC, and I want you to become one, too. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that shares your values, believes in protecting the border, supporting small business, supports police officers in the military and your individual God-given freedoms? AMAC is the way to go. There's a ton of work to be done. And AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight by becoming a member today. The benefits are great and the cause is even greater. Join right now at AMAC.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. AMAC is better, better for you, and, of course, better for America. Let's take a caller. Should we? I think we shall. Nick, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, first of all, let me say I uh, enjoy you and your show and want to thank you for all you do. Thank you, Nick. Um, I think you've really hit on the true division in America. It's not racism or bigotry or any of the other isms. I think it's the ideology of the left. They're always right. Everybody else is always wrong, no matter, you know, what your beliefs, what, you know, what the facts are. I mean, um, I mean, just part of the hypocrisy of it is, is like, you know, the uproar over the border and with the separation of kids. Where was this uproar? 
three, four years ago under the Obama administration when he was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the, left, it, the left does not want to debate ideas. The left doesn't want to be challenged. The left wants to impose its views, and that includes the, uh, the pseudo-media in this country. Uh, how they choose their conga line of guests and so forth and so on. They pick the most radical elements of the Democrat Party or academia to advance their agenda. When you look at their so-called news shows or their so-called opinion shows, they're hard to tell apart because they both do the same thing. So they're not interested in in an exchange of ideas or a, a vigorous debate. What they're interested in is propaganda. Nick, I want to thank you from your for your call, my friend, in Dallas, Texas. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Be honest with yourselves. What would you do without me? Come on, everybody else. This gets so boring, doesn't it? Well, fascism is alive and well in the California Democrat Party and the California government, one and the same. It's what happens with one-party rule. And unfortunately, there are many patriots in California and they have to live under that Democrat regime. CBS Sacramento. Channel 13, California considers creating a fake news advisory group. Now who's threatening freedom of the press? California is considering creating a fake news advisory group in order to monitor information posted and spread on social media. This sounds like Red China. Senate Bill 1424 would require the California Attorney General to create the advisory committee By April 1, 2019, it would need to consist of at least one person from the Department of Justice, representatives from social media providers, civil liberties advocates, and First Amendment scholars. Gee, I can't imagine anything going wrong with this. Could you, folks? The advisory group, it's an advisory group, would be required to study how false information is spread online and come up with a plan for social media platforms to fix the problem. I mean, this is flat-out fascism. The Attorney General would then need to present that plan to the legislature by December 31, 2019. The group would also need to come up with criteria establishing what is fake news versus what is inflammatory or one-sided. The Electronic Frontier Foundation opposes the bill, calling it flawed and misguided. The group argues that the measure would make the government and advisory group responsible for deciding what's true or false. It also points out that the First Amendment prevents content-based restrictions, even if the statements are admittedly false. A recent, I mean, I can barely, I mean, I read this, I can barely believe it. A recent study by Massachusetts-based Mind Edge Learning was conducted with 1,000 young adults aged 18 to 31 years old. 
According to Mind Edge's nine-question survey, 52% of the respondents incorrectly answered at least four questions and received a failing, uh, whatever. This is about the government, the First Amendment, and so forth and so on. What do you think about this, though? Now, I know what you you think it's stupid like I do and dangerous. It's the biggest state in the country, a one-party state, becoming more and more one party. There are patriots in California, and many of you listen to this program, who are doing everything you can to fight this force. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Now we have Senate Bill 1424, a uh, special special committee set up to uh, determine what is and what is not fake news. So this, is, this is just sickening. This is, made, this is made for fascistic regimes, is it not? Now, speaking of uh, fascists, remember Hamas? Remember the reporting by the, uh, the pseudo-media in this country? Remember how they were trying to blame Israel for uh, what Hamas was doing, Hamas being a terrorist organization? Well, over at the Daily Wire, report, Hamas invented story of Israeli sniper killing double amputee. Now, you see, these follow-up stories never catch up with the original propaganda, do they? In an expose from the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting in America, or CAMERA, the death of a Palestinian double amputee last December that was attributed by Palestinians to an Israel Defense Force sniper seems to have been a story invented by Hamas for the Western media, like everything else. As Camera notes, Camera previously examined other aspects of the Abu Tharayah story, prompting numerous media corrections regarding both the unclear circumstances of his death and how he lost his legs. Perspectiva, Camera's Hebrew department, Highlighted videos filmed shortly before Abu Tayyara joined the riots at the fence in which he declares his desire to die as a martyr. And thus he did. Also pointed out was the absence of any photos of Abu Tharia's injury right after he was shot, despite the abundance of images released of the incident. In March, the IDF released the results of their investigation, concluding that soldiers had stopped firing at least one hour before the time the Palestinians claimed Thayerwa was shot. Camera points out that the Hamas-affiliated Shihab News Agency released two entirely different videos supposedly showing the death of Abu Thira. Let's see. So this was a fake, fraud, phony story uh, wrapped around the, uh, the heads of the Israelis, their throats of the Israelis. Many in our uh, pseudo-media went with it. Of course, it was fed to them by Hamas, a terrorist organization. But they couldn't wait to trash Israel. You know, there is an anti-Semitic overlay. I'm sorry. Am I upsetting people? In much of the media today. Quite frankly, in much of the progressive movement. And you can see it on our college campuses. You can see it in the media. You can also see it in uh, certain uh, Democrat leaders, such as Keith X, a.k.a. Keith Ellison. And he is one of the leaders of the Democrat Party. He was their number two at the DNC. Quite frankly, you can see what Bernie Sanders. Did he say that? Yes, I went there. I believe it to be true. Bernie Sanders won't come on any of my programs, so, you know, I can't question the guy. 
being the genius that he is, being the the uh, the expert on all things government. They don't mind going on CNN and MSNBC or airport radar or sonograms or whoever, but they won't come here. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. Paul, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Paul, congratulations on the uh, Radio Hall of Fame induction. Very well deserved, my brother. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Paul, with respect to the travel ban decision and the left's you know, rhetoric on how it's a racist, racist motivation of being anti-Muslim, I would make the argument that today's decision, uh, in fact, protects American Muslims. I believe it, it accomplishes this by two means. The first, by Muslim American citizens being victims of a terror attack. And secondly, it can prevent animosity and harassment towards American Muslims by those who would blame all Muslims for being responsible for a terrorist attack. Well, it's a good point. Uh, your point being, look, Muslims get killed in terrorist attacks, too. Correct? Absolutely. Look, at, you know, after 9-11, there were Muslims that died in 9-11, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. He's quite right. It's a great point, actually. All right, let's continue. All right, I'm trying to get my call screen up here. Here we go. Chelsea. Paramus, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Home of the famous Paramus Mall. That's correct. Where my wife once had a job many years ago. I think that's where we all started. I think that's where we all started. Not me. I'm from Philadelphia. But thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm a recovering progressive myself. Yes, yes. Um, And I was just wondering, like, why couldn't George Bush get a Muslim ban in place after 9-11, I, I think he would have had the support of the left and the right to do such a thing. Do you mean a ban from certain countries or an actual Muslim ban? Well, I mean, I would, I would say a Muslim ban because at the heart, that's, that, that's what this seems to be. It's not. It's not. It, if it were a Muslim ban, then we wouldn't, you know, exclude 92 percent of the Muslims from the rest of the world. <laughs> True. Uh, but, uh, look, uh, I, I can't really explain what George Bush did or didn't do, quite frankly. Uh, but I'm sure the never Trumpers, many of them who come out of the Bush camp, I'm sure they'd be happy to call in and explain it. <laughs> yeah, All right, my uh, friend. Sounds good. Thanks for taking my call. Be well. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. enjoying the calls I don't think we have any more do we oh hell got a whole full board here okay I'm sorry I'm enjoying the calls today we haven't had any kooks which is good so let's jump right back into the gene pool what do you say Alicia Los Angeles California 870 the answer the great KRLA go hell thanks for taking my call a couple years back, I went into a Barnes & Noble to buy your Liberty and Tyranny book for my husband. There yes. weren't any around, and I asked them, you know, where is the book? And he told me, oh, this happens quite a bit. People that are liberal 
come in and hide your book oh. amongst other books. So it's just another way that they're trying to not let your voice be heard. Can you imagine being like a 47-year-old adult, and you go into a store, a bookstore, and you say, hey, I'm going to hide Levin's book so nobody knows where to get one or nobody knows where to find it. What childish nonsense, you know? Yeah, and uh, he said it happens all the time. All well, your we're books. T- well, you know, it's. It, I don't know what to do about it, but uh, Liberty and Tyranny, the people did find it. We did sell 1.5 million copies, I have to say that. You know, Barnes & Noble has actually been very, very good to me as a uh, author, and I've been good to them because uh, they've, they've had a lot of my books to sell. But that said, these liberals really are anti-free speech, aren't they? Yes. They're incredible. All right, my friend, take care of yourself. Dan! Austin, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. I just, yeah, uh, I heard what you said earlier. Uh, the senator you played, who compares our country to Cuba, that was pretty intense because my dad was in jail in Cuba for several years, and uh, it was very harsh. And he was taken away from my mother, who was pregnant at the time. He was a political prisoner, and a lot of his friends were executed, and uh, it, it was very hard. But the other thing I wanted to tell you is that yeah. we forget another president who really repressed people coming into this country, and that was Bill Clinton, because mm-hmm. the Cubans could come in and seek asylum because they came from a communist country, and then he passed a new law. And probably he did it because the Cubans vote Republican. It's called the wet foot dry foot law right and if a cuban was caught i'm talking 10 feet from the sand in south florida he was apprehended and he was sent back to cuba where he was going to suffer in jail because you don't do you remember elian gonzalez do you remember the liberals lining up to keep him in the country no no absolutely no fdr you remember the story about the exodus where Jews were trying to escape uh, Nazi Germany, and the boat was sent back eff- effectively, essentially. Yeah, I mean the Dem- Democrats have a have a horrific record on immigration. They have a he- horrific erec- record historically on race, on civil liberties, and we let them get away with this stuff. And so their answer is to burn the place down, open borders. Pretty much anybody can come in. When you call them on it, they say that's not true. But when you really hold them to their policy arguments, it is true. Yeah. I mean, what Bill Clinton did, I mean, it could be called racist. I don't think it was. I just think Cubans vote Republican. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. If I may say something else really quick. Yesterday, yeah. you talked about Beto, or, uh, Beto O'Rourke running against uh, Cruz. Yes. A lot of people don't know this, but he was... Uh, he was arrested for drunk driving and for really? burglary. So, well, I don't. I, are we sure of this? Because I don't want to cast aspersions on him. I'm, I'm 100 percent sure of this, and the news media is not going to tell you, but you can look it up. Well, I don't know if it's true or not, but if it's true, he'll probably get two percent more of the vote from the DUI types. All right, my friend. Thanks for your call. <laughs> Again, I can't vouch for the information. I have no idea. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. To me, he's a left-wing kook, and that's good enough to vote against him in four crews. Jimmy, Sacramento, California, the great KSFO. Go. 
Mark, I want to say to Maxine Waters and all of her kind. Careful now. Careful Mac- now. Max- Maxine, if I break into your house tomorrow and I get taken to jail, uh, I don't want to be ripped away from my family and children. Can I take my children to state prison with me? Because over there on the border uh, where they have those immigration laws, we're a country of laws, we got criminal laws, we got uh, traffic laws, we got uh, uh, immigration laws. They're breaking into this country. They're breaking mm-hmm. those laws. And you want them to be able to take their children with them to jail. Why do the Democrats w- weaponize every single thing that they can against this president to attack them, Mark? You're quite right. This point about prisons, I believe I I raised it first. It's been repeated and it's accurate, which is, I mean, even American citizens who commit offenses, um, we don't house their children with them. If they go to prison, we separate them. And according to the left and the Democrats, then uh, these prisons are the equivalent of, I guess what, Nazi concentration camps or uh, I don't know. But they are nuts. That's why they don't want to come on this show. That's why they don't want to debate facts and de- debate information. Instead, they prefer to go on sympathetic media outlets, that is, pseudo-media outlets, and regurgitate this propaganda. And it's always attacking the values, the beliefs, the principles of this country. They're for big government. They're for big government. They've created this massive big government. And yet when, uh, and when aspects of the government are used to uphold our civil society, they attack it. Jimmy, thanks for your call, my friend. Let's go to Ray. Where have you been, Ray? Livermore, California, the great KSFO. Go. Mark, I love you. And, I, you know, I've got a comment to make. But first, I want to thank you for pointing out that all of the evils of Trump and of, of this court will create him. They'll cause him to act like Democrats have acted historically through this nation's history. And, and that's the part they don't get. Every argument they're making is the behavior of a Democrat that has preceded them, and yet they're trying to project that onto Trump. And thank you for continually pointing that out. I don't think there's very many others who are doing so. We don't need and lectures from the left and the Democrats on race. They need lectures right. from us. They've got no standing on that matter. And, and this, I was thinking about this today. Every one of these decisions handed down by the court today, Mark, would have yep. gone in the opposite direction had this man not been elected. And that doesn't mean just Hillary. What so keep that in mind. The never-Trumpers, George Will, all these people, we would be surrendering the Supreme Court and all the appellate courts to the hard left. Can you imagine what this country would look like? Not just the hard left. Not just the hard left. If mailbags would have been elected, I don't think we would have got a justice this good. We wouldn't be talking about... Who is, who is mailbags? Uh, um... John, uh, John, the mailbags uh, case. Oh, oh, his father was a postal worker. Okay. Right. All right. All right, Ray. I appreciate your call. We don't put down postal workers here. I know a lot of good, hardworking postal workers. I really do. And you know what? For all the attacks of the postal service and so forth and so on, you do get your mail, don't you, Mr. Producer? I wouldn't want to do that job, but they do it. I'll be right back. America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the summer blowout sale for Chamonix. Right now, when you order Genesel, you will get the new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy, saggy eyelids 
free. And for the first time ever, you'll also get the world-famous Crystallis Microdermabrasion, also free. Yes, the best sale of the year just got better. Here's Claire from Raleigh, North Carolina. She says, I've been using your products for three days. My husband already noticed the texture of my skin. It's looking so good. It feels nice and smooth with lots of moisture. The bags under my eyes are minimal now. So far, so good. And you know, plus with its immediate effects included, you'll see results in 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. And that's the kicker. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Experience the power of looking and feeling your best every morning. Order today and say goodbye to bags and puffiness tomorrow. Right now, express shipping is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or visit Genesel.com, Genesel.com, that's 800-SKIN-604. All right. Let's go to somebody who disagrees with me. Andy, Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. Go. Yes, Mark, I'm crazy about your uh, radio show. I can't believe I'm talking to you. I voted. I voted on you. Uh Uh-oh, trouble ahead. No, 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 no. I I just kind of disagree with your tariff position. Go ahead. Uh, well, I uh, I'm not a real materialist, so I don't buy a lot of products. I got a 1970 house. You all well, somebody is in this country. Oh, okay, we we buy a whole lot of stuff in this country, trillions of dollars worth. I know, but all my stuff's used old. But all I your stuff day. is used truck, old. I listen to you every day. I'm a truck right. driver. I pay income tax. It's killing okay. me. Okay. Okay. Now where are we going? 1913. That's when the income tax uh, came about. That's my understanding. All right. Uh, so where building. where are we going? Oh, Andy, we're running out of time. Where are you going with this? Uh, the federal government was funded by tariffs. That's my understanding, except maybe uh, the Civil War. Um, what's your Pretty much. Uh, they had excise taxes and uh, they had tariffs. And you're right. There was an unconstitutional income tax. The Supreme Court would have would rule it unconstitutional after the Civil War. Yes. Go ahead. And I, I'm I'm kind of like a old fashioned guy. I'd like to get back to just uh, no income tax and uh, people wh- what you buy, then pay taxes on that stuff. Like All right. Well, there there are people. That's called the fair tax. People want to get rid of the uh, the Sixteenth Amendment and put in place a national sales tax. I can support that, but it's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen if we don't work for it. That, that's the that's the okay. Problem. What what are you doing about it? You got to work. You got to try to get it. Well, back. well, well what are you doing about it? it? How do you work for it? Well, uh, part of it is the uh, what you push for a state, a convention of states, exactly. But most people that are listening to this program are not involved in it. But I've been listening to you, and I'm pumped up, and I I want the country to go back. I, I want to see. The so country. what you need to do is find out. Who in your area, Indianapolis, uh, the group that's associated with this movement, and participate in it? Okay, I will. I'm going to do that, Mark. Uh, making a promise to you and your listeners that I want to see the country do better. I support Trump, and I love your radio. God bless you, Andy, and thank you. And we love our truckers out there, too. Thank you. Greg, Scott City, Kansas, the great KBUF. Go. Yeah, hey, Mr. Levin. I uh, want to go around with you on tariffs one of these days, but today um, yeah. I'm all fired up about these uh, Supreme Court 
supposed wins that we had here. Um, they were close, just, weren't they? They were too close. I just want to point out to all the conservatives out there, we've been having these wins, you know, quote, wins, but they are very, very close, and it is no time to lay down and and, uh, and get complacent again because I just want to tell everybody, one person decided mm-hmm. whether the executive branch has the power to control the um, the people coming into this country. You're one right. One person decided whether the, whether the government has the ability to force uh, a health care provider to post things that are against their beliefs. Mm-hmm. One person in the whole nation decided those things. That is way too close. That's one of the reasons the 11 reform amendments I propose and the Liberty Amendments. One of them is that within 24 months, within two years of a, majority, of a Supreme Court decision, that three-fifths of the state legislatures can, if they vote, uh, a majority in each legislature, three-fifths of them could vote to make a Supreme Court decision null and void, not replace it, not edit it, because I don't believe it should be left to one lawyer. And I do believe the, the broader body politics should be involved, not through direct votes, not through populism, but through representative uh, government. And so I believe the state legislatures, three-fifths of them, should be able to overturn and rule null and void a Supreme Court decision. And you wouldn't see so many wacky decisions coming down from the Supreme Court. That is an excellent idea, and I, I would just uh, like to say that a convention of the states people out there, that is an excellent idea to be brought uh, forth in the convention of the states when that does happen, because it will happen. We can't just keep winning by the skin of our teeth forever. You're right, because you also lose by the skin of your teeth. You're exactly All right, right, Greg, appreciate your call, buddy. And this is what concerns me. One vote determines what is or isn't a fundamental right. Now, how ridiculous is that? And the way the media describe this it's the conservatives on the court you know versus the others on the court they're not conservatives when you think about it they are originalists they're constitutionalists they're actually trying to determine what the constitution says not where they want to take the country and i talk about this all the time we're not right wingers when you think about it we're really in the middle of the political spectrum because we're not right wingers we're not left wingers we're constitutionalists we believe in representative government And yet, look at how they use the nomenclature and so forth. I want to play a, a montage for you. Uh, of uh, Who put this together? Do you know, Mr. Producer? Grabian. Yeah, we like that site. Grabian. Of the media turning on Trump voters, turning you into public enemy number one. I want you to look. This is Donnie Douche, Michael Moore, Michelle Angela Davis. Well, how about that? Michael Eric Dyson. I despise him. Rob Reiner, dumb as a doorknob. Simone Sanders, Zerlina Maxwell, Nicole Wallace, another one dumb as a doorknob. Actor David Harbour, I don't even know who that is. And of course, the late, great Oprah Winfrey. Cut 13, go. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis, going, you hear, you hear. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. If you hold down the woman while the rapist is raping her, oh my Lord. and you didn't rape her, are you a rapist? Tens of millions of people voted for him after he showed his cards for years. But are you, so suggest- have- are you suggesting that they're racist or Absolute- they're yes. 
The, yes. the, the, the people who vote, all the people who voted for Donald Trump. Are yes. Yeah. If Republicans weren't so racist, they could encourage black people who are more conservative really? to yeah. be on their yeah. side. Those yeah. people who are supporting what he's doing here Meathead. are racist, period. It's uh, movements and people that are speaking up for things, whether we're talking about civil rights movement, whatever else. Those movements should be nonviolent, but they should not be non-confrontational. And so these no. policies that this administration is putting forth are intentionally cruel. They are racist. Mm. And it is a it is our job as citizens to speak out against that. Now, does that mean that we're going to be violent? No. But does that mean that Sarah Sanders can have a nice, quiet dinner with her family when she's taking our tax dollars to implement this policy? Mm. I don't think so. Anybody who votes for and supports a racist no, really. is a racist. No. You are culpable, white America. I'm sorry. Is it complicit or either you're enabling? You know. But you guys were involved with being patriotic, right? Very, very patriotic, but not. Being patriotic was the group that contacted and helped organize some of these activities that you posted on your own Facebook account. Th those were legitimate. Those were Russians. They were not Russians. I don't go with the Russians. Find out very clearly what his interests are. President Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? 25% of the country, whether it's 25, 20, 30%, are hardcore racist. They do not want to see brown people coming into America. That's that's just what's going on here. Of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy Still, generations of people, older people, who were born and bred and marinated in it, in that prejudice and racism, and they just have to die. A lot of his supporters believe that we are the enemy. Did, hold on, hold on. Did, you, did you hear that, Oprah Winfrey? I mean, the vast majority of these people talking are very wealthy or very well off, or have done very well. Do you even recognize the country they're talking about, ladies and gentlemen? Do you recognize the country they're even talking about? People pouring over our border, people of color, all kinds of diverse backgrounds and so forth from all over the world, pouring into this racist, Hitlerian country that's being painted by the left here. And through our media. I mean, I, I tell you. These people are so filled with hate. And they so lack integrity. To go on and on and on about this in our country. When they know this isn't our country. When they know this isn't the way the people in this country think or behave. We are very civil people. We have a wonderful society. It is welcoming. But we have a tolerance level of people who break our laws by the millions, drive our taxes up, and use our health care facilities, a certain percentage create enormous problems for law enforcement, fill our classrooms. And rather than just pay the bill, we want to say in all this. And because we want to say in all this and what goes on in our schools and our hospitals with our local police and our communities and neighborhoods, our national sovereignty, because we want to say in all this. 
We are racists. Oprah Winfrey wants the older people who are marinated in this, you know, hoping they will die off. People who live in the lap of luxury, every one of these damn frauds. People crawling to get into this country. And yet look how people born into this country talk about it. Donnie Douche, Michael Moore, Michelle Angela Davis, Michael Eric Dyson, Rob Reiner, Simone Sanders, Zerlina Maxwell, Nicole Wallace, actor David Harbour, Oprah Winfrey. You're all a disgrace. Shameful bunch of buffoons. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you shower or brush your teeth, like most of us do, or try to make your hair look presentable, well, here's some good news. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, everything. All of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top-shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. And you feel the difference. Plus, shipping is free with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just 5 bucks. you get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. And it comes with Amber Lavender Calming Body Cleanser, their world-famous Shea Butter, and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, and everything else you need. It comes right to your door. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark, dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. All right. Ruby, Palo Alto, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark, I love you. I pray for you every day. And I just want to say I am furious because I'm being called a racist because I vote for Donald Trump because – I'm a white woman. I married a black man. I had children by him. I have uh, nieces and nephews that are Asian and Mexican, and we're all mixed up, and I just really uh, find it offensive that I'm The left doesn't care. The left doesn't care. You have black men and women who are conservatives. Uh, they trash them. You have black men and women who are Latino. They trash them. You have, uh, you have uh, men and women who are Jewish and conservative. They trash them. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's, 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 I'm, I'm really scared for this country and what's going on. And I just, I pray every day that somehow it will get turned around and this will, people will wake up and see what the other side is doing to this country. I, I think that's why a lot of people are backing Trump. Because what's the answer? One of these, one of these uh, uh, Republicans, like a Mitt Romney type. Mitt Romney is running in Utah. He's uh, forty billion points ahead, and he's making it clear that he's going to be a jackass when he's in the United States Senate. Yeah, that's too bad. And then, and unfortunately, my daughter, who lives in San Francisco, is a liberal, and uh, we try not to get into. Well, how is she enjoying the uh, streets of San Francisco? Uh, you know. 
she she can have a white uh, a white head on her shoulders, but sometimes uh, you know I, I try to avoid getting in any major fights. When it starts getting intense, I'm like, okay, you have your side, I have my. You have your opinion, I have mine. Um, you know, I just pray that one day she will her her eyes will open up like a lot of other people's eyes are starting 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 to open up now. Well, you hang in there, Ruby, and you live in a beautiful place, Palo Alto. Yes, but a lot of liberals out here. Well, of course, it's liberal <laughs> as hell. All right, yeah. my friend, you take care. It's true, it's liberal. A lot of high-tech type people live there. It's a beautiful area, though. Why does the left always take over beautiful areas? Can you tell me that? Sal, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer. Go. Mark, I love your show. Love, life, liberty, live in. Um, Thank Mark, you. what we're seeing today, unfortunately, has been going on for a long time. I reference. A movie I saw this weekend, The Talk of the Town, 1942, Cary Grant, Ronald Coleman, about a mob mentality trying to convict an innocent man through rumors and lies they want to lynch him. Ronald Coleman, this professor, stops the crowd as they're going to lynch him with a speech about how America is and who American people are. And following this movie... MGM short passing parade number 20 talks about the whispers and lies campaign. This is going on 1941-42. They they're like a bad rash the liberals with this with this narrative trying to take over our country. They keep coming back when we're weaker or the immune system's down. So uh, Mark, I love you what you do. You're the professor, you teach us, you lead us. Uh we got to be on guard. Well, Sal, thank you very much. I I very much appreciate it. Do you know who my guest is on Life, Liberty, and Levin this coming Sunday? Sean Hannity. We're going to have a hell of a good time. And I'll make sure you learn about some things that you may not know about Sean. He and I go back uh, several decades. And uh, he is the number one host in all of cable TV. Period. Bar none. It's amazing how even conservative websites don't report that. But he's the number one, consistently the number one host on cable TV. So we're going to have a nice sit-down chat with Sean Hannity. Kind of reverse roles where I'm going to interview him. It'll It'll be a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and Border Patrol. I will see you tomorrow, America. God bless you. Be well. I'm Mark Levin.